Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. The week between Christmas and New Year's always seems deliciously relaxed, doesn't it? A week of calm after all of the activity surrounding Christmas. The work is finally done. There are no more presents to wrap, no more big meals to make. Relatives are packed up and on their way home. And the ornaments and the tinsel and the wreaths and the crushes have found their way back to the basement. Even the music in the stores is suddenly a lot less Christmassy as we turn our eyes to the fresh year ahead of us. And yet, I wonder if we might linger at the manger a bit longer. Just a week ago, we gathered around that manger. We gathered with Mary and Joseph and a handful of shepherds and the innkeeper and the sheep and the donkeys and the angel. And we watched and we waited. We gently sang Silent Night as the weight of the moment landed on us. The vulnerability of that child, vulnerable to the elements, to disease and disasters, vulnerable to the political systems of oppression and poverty and inequality. And in that same moment, we also celebrated that once again, love comes to us in the form of this vulnerable baby lying in the manger. Howard Thurman, a 20th century theologian and civil rights leader, reminds us that Christmas doesn't end at the manger. It doesn't end when all the decorations are put away. The work starts at the manger. In his poem titled The Work of Christmas, he reminds us that Christmas isn't just a day or a season. It's a way of living. He writes, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart. That vulnerable child lying in a feeding trough invites us into the work. One of the gifts of our ancient stories, including our Christmas story, is that when we read them again and again, we hear different things depending on our current um, circumstances. The image of a baby so vulnerable, so exposed in the world hit me this year. Vulnerability seems to be the, the word of the year. It's front and center these days. Living in a pandemic has made me realize just how vulnerable we and everybody around us are. Not only are we all literally vulnerable to a highly contagious infection that has killed thousands of people, but many of us are, are now more aware of the vulnerabilities in our political and social systems. People who were vulnerable before the pandemic are even more vulnerable now. Unjust systems are more pronounced. Our earth continues to, to be even more fragile with each passing day. And if that wasn't enough, 
we find ourselves vulnerable to breaks in our relationships with friends and family members. The list goes on and on. If nothing else, the last couple of years have taught us a lot about vulnerability. And we have this baby in a manger, vulnerable, at risk. A metaphor for all of us, really. And as that baby grows into an adult, he's, he's no longer vulnerable in the same way, but his, his message and word and in action is to be open and vulnerable in the ways that bring love and, and peace and justice and hope into the world. As an adult, Jesus stands before his home synagogue in Nazareth, which we just heard read, and he, he takes a scroll from the pile. Um, all of the sacred texts were written on scrolls at the time. And so he pulls out a scroll and he reads the ancient words from the prophet Isaiah. This becomes his mission statement, to preach hope to those on the margins, to release prisoners, to give sight to those who cannot see, to free the oppressed. Jesus tells us that his ministry is going to be about being vulnerable for the sake of the vulnerable. He's going to stand up for all those on the margins. He's going to work to free those who are oppressed. He's going to speak hope and smooth out some of the inequity in the world. Every year, we are reinvited into this work when we see that vulnerable baby lying in the manger. We're reinvited to pay attention to the vulnerable and to be vulnerable for their sake, to speak hope and to smooth out some of the uneven places, to stand up for those on the margins and to be love in the world. And this work isn't our work just for December. Our Christmas work becomes our New Year's work, which becomes our Easter work and our summer work and our fall work until we once again find ourselves surrounding that baby in the manger. And what we find when we start paying attention to that work is that others are doing that work too. And we find that it's happening all around us and in us and through us. It's like when you, when you buy a new car and suddenly you see that car everywhere, right? You never knew that blue Ford escapes were all around us. When we open our eyes to the work of Christmas, we notice the work all around us. Here are just a few things I noticed when I paid attention in this way over the last few weeks. I noticed the work of Christmas happening when politicians from different parties joined together to end conversion therapy against the LGBTQ plus community in early December. A huge step forward. I see the work of Christmas and the calls for climate action, people gathering and protesting and demanding action so that we can protect one another and our planet. I see it in the face of Greta Turnberg, but also in my own kids when they ask me to stop buying single-use plastic containers and rightfully hold me to accountability. That prodding and encouraging invites me to make changes to help the planet. I noticed the work of Christmas happening in our community. Did you read the story about the 250 plus groups and individuals who came together to break down barriers and make vaccines more accessible in Northeast Calgary? 
Because of their work, a community who had the lowest vaccination rates in the city became the area with the highest vaccine rates in the province. The work of Christmas is happening as people in this congregation and all around Canada participated in the 40 days of engagement on anti-racism, looking within and opening themselves up to the work of dismantling racism in themselves and in their community. You can find more information about this on the United Church of Canada website, and you can enter this work at any time. I think I'm going to do it as a practice during Lent this year. I just spent some time with my elderly mother in her nursing home. Nursing homes can be depressing places, and I found that they were extremely depressing during these pandemic times, when lots of people have been isolated away from their family and friends. But what I saw from the staff in her home was Christmas at work. Each time a staff member called my mom by name, each time they cared for her and listened to her story, each time they treated her as a human who could make decisions about what she wanted to eat or not eat, the, the work of Christmas was begun. I see the work of Christmas in all of you who have brought soup and beans and bread and diapers and wipes to fill our church pantry so that people who are hungry could be fed and their basic needs met. The work of Christmas is leveling the field and being vulnerable in our caring for others, working for justice, giving hope, making things accessible, being love in the world. I want to leave you with one more story. This fall, one of the families in my neighborhood lost their son to suicide. As soon as the news of his death was made public, neighbors sprang into action. Within just a few hours, people in our community had signed up to provide meals for three straight months. I saw neighbors walking the family dog twice a day and others pitching in to fill gaps in the carpools. I know that phone calls were made and text messages sent and, and prayers were offered. On the night of the funeral, a neighbor sent out an email asking people to turn on all the lights they could in their homes. Porch lights, Christmas lights, living room lights, all the lights to make the dark night just a little bit brighter. My girls asked to go for a walk that night so they could see the lights. We walked up and down all the streets in the neighborhood. Almost every single house shone brightly. Some of the people knew the young man, others didn't. It didn't matter. People dug their Christmas lights out of the basement, untangled them and hung them in their trees. Neighbors lit lanterns, lighting up the walkways. A few people even shaped hearts out of the lights and hung them in their windows. The brightness transformed the night and the feeling of community and hope was palpable. The lights made the darkness a little brighter. It wasn't Christmas, but the work of Christmas was begun that night and continues in every act of kindness in every act of justice, in every act of inclusion, in every act of mercy, to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, 
to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart, to make the world less vulnerable for everyone. May it be so this Christmas and the whole year through. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.